you can just freestyle it and you can just go ahead. Yeah, I'll just read this, man, and we can just spot, figure it out afterwards. Because this is cool. These, these, this English translation is different. This was written by a guy. It says the guy's name was Do Young. Uh, Do Young. I don't know. It's, it's spelled D O and then Y O U N G. Uh, and he's the head priest of the missionary house of Zogye Order of Korean Buddhism. Um, and it, it's pretty much, it has everything in it to begin with. And in the back, it even has us in seated instruction, like how to sit and meditate, broken down to like what to wear and how to sit, like the posture itself. But this is a translation of the Heart Sutra. It's uh, the Heart, well, it has an introduction. As the Heart Sutra was composed during the 4th century in China, belonging to the body of lit literature known as Prajnaparamita. It is one of the shortest forms of this literature and purports to portray the very heart, core, or essence of perfect wisdom, Wonze, in Korean. In Korea, it is chanted at every ceremony and regarded as the central teaching of Mahayana Buddhism. And it says, Homage to the perfect wisdom, the lovely, the holy. Avalokit Bodhisattva was moving in deep course of the wisdom which has gone beyond. He looked down from on high and saw but five skandhas, which in their own being, empty. Here, O Sariputra, form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. Form does not differ from emptiness, and emptiness does not differ from form. Whatever is empty, that is form. Whatever is form is empty. The same is true for feelings perceptions, impulses, and consciousness. O Sariputra, all dharmas are marked with emptiness. They have no beginning and no end. They are neither imperfect nor perfect, nor deficient nor complete. Therefore, O Sariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no name, no concept, no knowledge, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no form, sound, smell, Taste, or object of mind, no sight organ, no hearing organ, and so forth, to no mind consciousness element, no ignorance or extinction of ignorance, no decay and death, no extinction of decay and death. There is no suffering, no origination, no stopping, no path, no cognition, no attainment, nor anything to attain. There is nothing to accomplish, and so bodhisattvas can rely on the perfection of wisdom without trouble. Being without trouble, they are not afraid. Having overcome anything upsetting, they attain nirvana. All Buddhas who appear in three periods full awake to the utmost right and perfect enlightenment because they have relied on the perfection of wisdom. Therefore, one should know the perfection of wisdom is the great mantra, is the unequaled mantra, the destroyer of suffering. Because of this truth, listen to the mantra. Gatte gatte para gatte para samgatte bodhisaha. Gatte gatte para gatte para samgatte bodhisaha. Gatte gatte para gatte para samgatte bodhisaha. And then the English translation is gone, 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 beyond. They say gone, utterly beyond, which is uh, different. And I like that, man. I, I like the different heart scripture readings and different translations. And I really appreciate the book, man. My boss actually saw the video I posted. Um, I just got kind of crazy headed and posted stuff on Facebook after talking to a young person who was struggling. And then 
like I look at people's stories on social media and like I made a post just recently, stay sober, and a friend reached out. She was like, "Oh my God, I needed that." And I was like, "I know. I looked at your story, and you just told me you were going to AA meetings and you're getting shit faced. You're the reason I posted that. I know you needed that." <laughs> and and uh, I just posted some video about you know processing this idea that we're being going through something like we're at the whim of circumstance all the time, and uh, <clears throat> or because it kind of makes me feel that way and i see how it can lead others to just accept that idea that we're at the whim of circumstance and i made a video about it and he saw it because i handed it and gave me this and like i said it's got everything in it dude like it's like koreans are pretty stiff dude like on what they <laughs> this has like illustrations of sitting instruction it tells you not to eat or drink before it tells you like washing hands placing like the different types of mudras that you could sit with um it talks about the way you dress when you meditate or come to the temple like dress code and stuff pretty cool and, and to be honest with you dude like this is like i don't know i always just feel like this is why buddhism works for me a lot of the times we find stuff like this is like buddhism for, for me for stupid people buddhism for dummies and like it's got everything it even has an explanation of zen to be honest that appeals to me more than some of the first explanations of zen that i found um, frankly, you and Army showed me uh, 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 Alan Watts, though, and that's when I actually started developing more of an acceptance for the Zen. Uh, Army had suggested it to me, and then you you actually had the videos out a couple times, and you had the book. I think I saw the book, and you said smart-ass, pretentious stuff, and I looked at your book, and I was like, now I have to read what that dude just said. Yeah. I was reading. <laughs> like, and uh, that's what led me to read, I think, uh, it's a very simple one. It has like a yellow cover with a white circle on it. Um, and like the words were in it. But I, I'll remember it some other time. But yeah, dude, Alan Watts is the one who actually made me appreciate Zen. Um, Zen in its simplest form is like the most beautiful, like pure practice there is. Like it is the way of the Jedi, you know? Um, but Zen, when people start trying to artfully explain it from the mouth of a Tibetan teacher, it's like, eh, it's just military Buddhism or something, and I didn't really appreciate that. Alan Watts made it sound a lot, whole lot better than the first stuff I'd encountered. And this, yeah. this is great, though. This is actually, like, on those same lines of simplicity behind practice. Like, just we're just exercising being here more. Like not growing, like he even says, like you're not getting bigger, you're not getting smarter, more present, louder presence. And like it talks about cultivating presence as a, I don't know, it talks about Buddhism the same way I've always appreciated you over to be. What's the name of the book again? It's called Devotional Chanting and the Essence of Buddhism uh, by Perna Publications, and it was written by Du Young. It's a, uh, yeah. It's available at uh, Korean Buddhist temples that apparently you got to hike really far to get to. I'll like, I'll see if I can get it off of Amazon. He's like, I'll find it on Amazon. I'll find it. Find <laughs> it out there somewhere. Yeah, I might it's check into fun. that. I've not really learned much about uh, Korean, Korean Zen. 
same. That, and that's what I said. I was like, wow, I, I, that's a book on Korean Buddhism. It's like the one country I've never experienced the brand of Buddhism from, to be honest with you. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> we all know the Burmese and Tibetan and all the different little places, but yeah. Korea? I thought they were KFC and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. So what is uh, that? Uh, did did you get anything different out of that different translation? Oh, I always do. But with that one, I got it a lot simpler, man, to be honest with you. I think it appeals more to a Western ear. I think Mr. Ju Young, where it actually breaks down uh, in the intro where he it says he looked down, uh, he looked down from a high and saw but five skandhas, which in their own being empty. And uh, it, it just, I don't know, the visualizations that I get too. So I had to explain something about the heart suture to me. When I see the heart, when I hear the heart sutra, I think about that purple book, the heart sutra that was floating out for a while. It's from Sambala Publications, I believe, but it's got this Avalokita all like, like, like drag queen Avalokita or something with the bun on the top, dude, like makeup and rings and gold everywhere. Right. And like spilling this stuff out, and there's lotus at the end, but all along the lotus, there's a path of like being and like humanity being deconstructed like these physical things these little beings with no skin and shit and that's kind of what i picture and on that it actually says looking down you know you saw the five standards you know and and it's like looking at self looking at what but no i picture like he's from above and he just was able to break down everything objectively uh and for me i i'm able to Visualize it in a way that later on goes to um, support the true meaning of the 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 end. The, I mean, it's just the essence of emptiness and permanence and everything that we know as the three seals, but mainly emptiness. Everything is empty. Um, also, emptiness is something that I realize as a Buddhist when we repeat that. Like, you can follow me now, but most people who don't have time with the term in a sense they're like what the fuck do you mean right and yeah and even one of the first times you explained it to me like i have to relate uh, i have to say like empty of you know like mm-hmm. uh, of that essence or, or empty of definition or lacking definite singularity you know i have to right. just break it down in other ways for people all the time because you know that thing you used to do with like so there's a water bottle is there anything in it it's empty you know i i didn't get that <laughs> so like yeah <laughs> I was like, shit, I don't get emptiness. Um, but emptiness for me, man, um, in, in, in Avalokita's explanation, is that there's no point uh, in the suffering gained from pursuit, from this, from that, from like everything. I really didn't get that part well in this one as I did in other translations, but where he says, um, you know, no attainment or attaining any, or to attain anything or anything to attain, yeah. No stopping, no path, no cognition. Once you start getting to that point, and you start okay, so he's breaking down the idea of I, I'm irrelevant, like I'm I'm nothing to cling to because I'm not here to be clung to. Um, and then my 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 thoughts and ideas are, and then like everything that I could attach me to conceptually, like these pursuits or these identities, this career and whatever, like all of that is empty in its own, like. There's nothing that would exist uh, independent of itself. So nothing has more importance to me, like in the home life or in the work life than anything else. Like everything is just one interdependent, like a thought, single thought 
carry as much weight and value as a motherfucker's home made out of matter and solid mass because neither of them could exist without the other. And they both do exist of the same human essence. And when we realize that we are just kind of that, we can just lay here and spew forth these teachings of the deconstructed reality of humanity and just call ourselves a bodhisattva. But we don't because I want that. I want to be able to do that. You know what I mean? And that want alone, that I want that. No, that, that statement is three statements saying that it's three different directions of that teaching that I can't relate to because I'm conditioned by my existence here. Um, but the Heart Sutras are a good-ass reminder of that. And then not only is the Heart Sutra a good reminder of that, the fact that every major branch of Zen Buddhism, pretty much like all of them, as this is the Korean book that I stumble upon, it says that's their major practice too. Like the page before that gives a little bit of insights into the practice and says that that's what they do, you know, and that's what we know people to do. That's what we do. We chant the Heart Sutra. And when, dude, for the first six months to a year of chanting the Heart Sutra, I didn't know what the fuck it meant. I didn't even get it. Like I had nothing from it. And frankly, now I see it as something like any book of the Bible. Like we can read that now and I could, I could go off on an entirely different spiel about what I got from that aside from. Uh, irrelevance of attachment obviously in emptiness you know i could go off about interdependence in that message i can go off about whatever depending on really where my heart is when i read it but whatever um i just think that the heart sutra is is practice the idea of reading it over and over and getting something from each sentence and each concept from the entirety of it from you know the archetypes that they use to explain it like our concepts of those things that are broken down individually um and finding it in different english translations being made by people of different cultures um trying to use this really common language you'll find those little tweaks like i said there's nothing too profound about that but it does help me easily relate to some of my favorite versions um which like the chanting from the heart version actually left me missing a lot um yeah the, the, the that's funny because that's my that's like my my favorite translation <laughs> that's well, the one it, that's it etched on my heart it had, it had nothing to do with me it had to do with my level of perceptive ability at the time of encountering it and then like how seriously i started taking buddhism you have to bear in mind like it like dude first i was a buddhist because i had a the buddha vaporizer right that's the reason right. i was a buddhist in my 20s i had a vaporizer that had a buddha on it and i got really stoned and someone asked me if i were religious and i was like hell no well if you were i'd probably be like a buddhist or something you know i didn't know what the yeah. fuck buddhism was it just sounded cool and i was a fucking idiot whatever um and then i went into prison and i went i'm a buddhist seriously and then like they just like all right cool I I finally get to the unit with you guys after starting to talk with Terry and starting to discover these things. And I'm I'm like, man, I felt by the time I got to Luther, I felt stupid. I felt like I wanted to discover more about Buddhism. I was practicing yoga and trying to get, get it all. But I was like, dude, I have no, no outlet for this. And then K1 was like, oh, there's a Buddhist retreat happening here. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, there's actually a Buddhist service. There's like guys who get together and practice Buddhism and yoga and stuff. And he's like, you're always doing yoga. They do yoga, teach it. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And like, 
I went down there to learn, and then I just remember it was like you and Joe arguing over what's his name and that little weird kid who really didn't know yoga, like he just knew some of the yeah. concepts. And he was just talking about the chakras and stuff. I was like, that's cool. But then I also later on realized, oh man, you can't be a yoga teacher in front of a bunch of dudes in prison, dude. Especially when you stop. Yeah, you're really only like my whole perception of yoga was like we stretch and you look at the girl's butt in front of you. You don't. You know, right? Like, you know, talk about spirituality with a bunch of dudes, like just fucking dumb. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I went in there and it was a learning experience for me. And that first one, I was like, "Well, shit, I'll implant myself here because I know yoga asana. I remember the primary a little bit." And then I'm like, "How am I going to teach that?" I think the first thing I did, I was like, "I want to go through uh, the eight limbs and I want to teach them sun salutations." And then I went back and forth because there's just Dude, you know, I have a yoga class here, and some days it's like got 10 people in it. Some days no one shows up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Small room, good outcome. And then same thing in there. Some days, like, everyone would want to practice. Some days no one would want to practice. And you were like, fuck that. I'm not doing yoga. We could talk in the back. And I was like, well, this fucking hurts my feelings sometimes. But I, it was later on, it was wanted. It was necessary. Actually, later, after everybody had been kicked out of the faith based dorm and we were dealing with all the people doing all their sex stuff in the back, I was like, yeah. yeah. Hold a meeting there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's also when I kind of had it figured out. We were actually doing a half-ass yoga class. I just was too afraid to really bring those dudes. That, like, if I were to go back and teach yoga in the prison, oh, man, I would focus on the things I was afraid of doing there. I would do more of the meditation, more savasana, uh, more of the relaxing, just chill stuff the guys need, you know. You ever think about going back and teaching? Yeah, yeah. And I tried, I tried, but the problem with it was, is one, Terry couldn't help me get the thing. He said that I had to go through a Christian organization. And to be completely frank, I just couldn't, couldn't deal with those people, not because they're bullies, but because of the fucking, the reflection of their goddamn mental health. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Dude, these people were crazy. Like, it, it, it was like those psycho bikers that used to come see us it was, mm-hmm. it was like that like that yeah. they really were psychos and i was like i can't do this man um a buddy of mine's brother local artist his brother does a bunch of prison outreach and uh, i was trying to work with him but just the same thing man they have to get somebody to sponsor you and then pledge you pretty much to tdc is like you can't just sign up and, and go take their test or security yeah. test and be a volunteer you have to have somebody who's been volunteering there say, we trust that this dude is a spiritual teacher and he'll come in and he'll, or a good person or his intentions are right for this. And he's going to bring that to the inmates and not tobacco or some shit. Right. And, um, and what about Ty? What do you mean? Well, Ty, can't he help you? Oh, yeah. I've only ran into him a couple times, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. I got to talk to him more. He intimidates me. He even oh, intimidates yeah? buddies that have met him, dude. Dude, like I told you, all he did was he was the same fucking guy. He's so present, dude. Every time you see him, he's just like, you want a muffin? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, yeah. dude. I'm good. <laughs> I showed up, and I've been walking around here for two hours before I ran into you, old man. And those muffins were sitting on this table with a bunch of chickens falling all over him before you came out and offered them to me. But, yeah, no, nah, dude, he's walking around in like an oversized new kids on the block t-shirt or some bullshit like nice. that. Nice. out. Yeah, he's chilling out there. They're actually having a bunch of work done. 
after my combo retreat, I went out there and all the lotuses everywhere blew my dude. They had oh, that's everywhere. awesome. I, I, I was really bummed because I didn't like, you know, I like walk into a place like a Buddhist temple property, dude. And like all the lotuses have huge seed pods on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be the asshole who just takes some of these seeds and propagates them because I'm not going to touch these things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these are like lotuses with a Buddhist temple, but all I got to do is reach over there at my cutters and just grab that. But no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, you I should ask to. them if you, if you told somebody there that you wanted to do that, I'm sure they'd be on board. I would. Oh, dude. So the other day, um, actually, the day that the political news was delivered to our country. Um, I went and sat down in my truck and it was so fucking hot. I slammed the door and my truck Buddha, his head leans against the uh, windshield. His head just snapped off and he fell back onto his back. That's got to be a sign, bro. That's what I'm saying, dude. Truck Buddha was like, <laughs> it's going to be a bad day, dude. Go buy some super glue. Yeah. But I got truck Buddha from the temple for like $2. Dude, you go to the temple, they have like fucking huge buddhas dude like all kinds of stuff for nothing like, they, they hook it up you can go there and get you a nice hand carved vietnamese avalokita statue that looks like it cost you know five grand for 50 bucks nice they have a great gift yeah back. i need to get down there bro like i've been uh, i went straight from uh supervision to uh pandemic you know and we're still coming out of our shell as far as the whole pandemic goes, especially like me, you know, my wife and I have different ideas on um, vaccination. So me, I'm like, whatever, give it to me. Is it grape flavor? I don't give a shit. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, She, on the other hand, is not, uh, I mean, you know, wouldn't say anti-vaxxer. But like, just not interested in taking, you know, stuff that she doesn't feel is necessary. So maybe maybe she's just like me and Shannon. Like Shannon's got the booster and shit, and I don't. I got paid to get the vaccine. That's the only reason I really jumped on it. Yeah, I want to tell Shannon, but I'm not going to get that shit. I'm just trying to be like, "Ah, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, right. But I don't want to put that shit in my body. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's plenty of of in between there but the basically yeah, it, it, brainwash you or give you a tip you'd have got that neither the no, i'd have gotten that shit a long time ago man <laughs> yeah you've been in a few different lines for a shot so i'm sure you're yeah, fine with it. got all kinds of stuff floating around in me man whatever they're gonna give me is not the worst thing that i've ever put in my body i promise you that but uh <laughs> that's that's what i told myself when it came yeah. out to give me a shot i'm like well i mean i've done like math so this isn't that bad oh no, man i'm thinking about all that all that stuff that was boiling in those plastic bags and those hot pots man come on oh yeah dude the plastic it's, i don't know that's I've done some drugs that were way worse than that oh uh, yeah but i'm saying those plastics are forever you know what i'm saying those drugs yeah. will get out of your system those plastics will be there for 500 years that's true. That's true. That's on the cool, man. Um, I actually uh, made a joke with somebody about that one time and related that to the the, the Tibetan monks that don't deteriorate and stuff. Like, <laughs> the monks. Yeah. <laughs> Microplastics. Oh, my thing just died. I keep getting calls from someone. Yeah. Did you want to sit though, man? 
What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Oh, no, you guys still working? Oh, okay. Cool. I hear you. I Can you hear me? Died. Yeah, yeah. I thought my headphones died. I was going to say, if you wanted to play the, the binaural beat thing, if we had the time, I don't know. If it's already getting kind of close to it, I hear you. Uh, yeah. Let me see. I don't know. I can pull up. Um, let's see if we can if we can make it happen. Oh yeah, last time the bear and the evil clan and Shari Poacher did whatever they wanted to do. May the sound of this bell penetrate deeply into the cosmos. In even the darkest places, may living beings hear it clearly. So their suffering will cease, understanding arises in their hearts, and they can transcend the path of anxiety and sorrow. With posture upright and stable, we are seated at the foot of the Bodhi tree. Body, speech, and mind are one in stillness. There is no more thought of right and wrong. Our mind and body dwell in perfect mindfulness. We rediscover our original nature, leaving the shore of illusion behind. Noble Sangha, diligently bring your mind into meditation. Namo Shakyamunaye Buddhaya Namo Shakyamunaye Buddhaya Namo Shakyamunaye Buddhaya In gratitude, we offer this incense throughout space and time to all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. May it be fragrant as Earth herself, reflecting careful awareness and the fruit of understanding slowly ripening. May we and all beings be companions of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. May we awaken from forgetfulness and realize our true home. Friends, please join me for a 10-minute meditation. The audio that follows is simply meant to drown out any ambient noise that may distract you from your meditation. If you would like to meditate in silence, please mute your device now.
Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambudahasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambudahasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambudahasa The Dharma is deep and lovely. We now have a chance to see, study, and practice it. We vow to realize its true meaning. Avalokiteshvara, while practicing deeply with the insight that brings us to the other shore, suddenly discovered that all of the five Got it, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. So, um, do you listen to uh, podcasts? Not really. Okay. I, uh, There's a, uh, a really cool Zen podcast that I've been listening to. Um, it's it's not so much about practice; it's educational, and it's this uh, this Zen. I'm not sure what her title is. She's obviously ordained, though, I believe in a Japanese tradition. And uh, she has some really cool episodes about the Heart Sutra. So I'll post uh, the link um, yeah, in the I'll Discord. Check I've, checked out, I've checked out a lot of the links that you posted to like, the different meditations and stuff that you shared. I like stuff like that, man. I listen to all that stuff as people share it and like, like it and tell me about it. But I don't yeah. I don't really... I'm not really the best at discovering things on the devices. I don't have the patience to Google and research yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I look at the phone for too long. I don't want to chunk it across the room. I like, yeah. uh, I like zoning out on my device late night um, when the brain needs something to focus on. It doesn't matter what it is. Usually something that appeals to the short-term ADHD attention span, like TikTok. Yeah. Some second little, ha-ha, on to the next one, you know. But uh, it, it appeals yeah. to the mental illness in America. Uh, she has uh, a cool, cool thing on um, the Heart Sutra, and she goes into the history of it. And there was some stuff that I learned that like gives context to some of the things in there. Like a lot of it was written as a response to other trends that were going on in Buddhism at the time. And so knowing like what those trends were and what this is an, an answer to, uh, I think really helps. And huh. one of those is that the there was a group called the Sarvasti Vadins, and they were trying to kind of make like a periodic table of elements. They were like just trying to figure out what is the stuff of the world, like what is the world made of? And they were you know, Buddhists, but they were trying to expand their realm of knowledge to include basically physics and chemistry, right? And they're in, in places where, you know, um, only those in religious instruction were ever going to read a book, you know, like religious education and scientific education went hand in hand because they were the only people who could read and write. So, um, the Sarvastivadins, one of the things that they were trying to assert was that there's, there's, there are different elements 
not in the way that we think of it as like a physical thing, but that consciousness is made of elements. So, for example, the I element. That's why in the Heart Sutra, in the Chanting from the Heart translation, it's no realm of elements from eyes to mind consciousness. There, the Sarvastivadins were saying, there is an I element. There must be an I element because there's an element that is different in my eyes as opposed to my feet. I cannot stand on a scripture and read it and absorb the information through my feet. I can read through my eyes, can't read through my feet. Obviously, eyes are different, and they have something that feet don't have, so there must be an eye element here. So, you know, you can see how, like, they're trying to make assertions about the world, and the Heart Sutra comes along to give a response not only to that, but to other schools and other questions and other trends as well, to say, like, look, that's not what we're here to do. That's not what we're concerned about. You know, I'm going to be honest, I don't even perceive the art teacher as saying that, but hearing just that, just that alone, that's cool as shit, because I do kind of feel like the heart teacher says, yeah, but no, who cares? Not really. It doesn't matter. Why worry about yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, fucking right. big deal, who cares? That's, that's what I feel like the heart teacher is saying. Not like, no, it's in de- it definitely doesn't. No, it, it may, but no, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, and that's that's what I love about the Heart Sutra is, is 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 that's what I get from it. That is what I've always perceived from the Heart Sutra is like there's no point in this shit, dude. There's no point in suffering it. You know, there's no point in clinging to it. There's no point in saying that you are it or anything for that matter. Yeah. That last that last part, dude. You know, the Bodhisattvas having found this greater what does it say there? Therefore, oh no. All Buddhists who appear in the three series full awake, utmost right perfection. No, that's not the sector. Yeah, there's nothing to accomplish. And so bodhisattvas can rely on this perfection of wisdom without trouble. Being without trouble, they're not afraid. Having overcome anything upsetting, they attain nirvana. Like, yeah, dude, like, that is like the incorruptible truth. The, what is it called? What is it, how do they put it in the end of the. <laughs> Um, yeah, the highest mantra, the unequaled mantra. Yeah, dude, it's it, it, and I feel that it, it's true, and and it, it's uh, what all of Buddhism has always stood for to me. Oh, I hate to say it, like how I've always perceived the range of Eastern philosophy is just like, eh, why worry about that shit? <laughs> and it works, man. Yeah, Absolutely. it's it's about being okay, living in the paradox, you know, about being yeah. okay with not having a singular definition for things. You know, and and, and, and I think being okay is more accurate. I, I know some Buddhist sects and schools would have people believe it's about being happy. It's about being at peace. It's about being in love with and compassionate towards the paradox. But nah, dude, I think it's about being okay with it. Like, right, just, about, just being like, okay with it, yeah. Yeah, because we've already been taught that the absence of suffering is not happiness. The absence of suffering. Because in the absence of self- happiness, typically we find ourselves suffering. So, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sticks with it. But yeah, dude, uh, I'll let you go, dude. And we'll I appreciate you, man. You appreciate you too. Yeah, really. I got I got some friends that are actually going to join um soon. Another buddy of mine, he's actually another. Cool. He's a uh, he's if you want to, I could. He has similarities with both of us. Native indigenous guy, kind of identified as white in his youth, and had to deal with that and. 
discovered Buddhism in the Navy. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give him the Discord and get him, get him on. Um, and one other person had mentioned it. I'll get some more people to come along soon because I've been bringing it up to people. Um, and I, I plan on sharing things. Like, I want to read. Like, I'm not going to grab. I almost dropped a mochiola and fucking not. I, I, I can't do that, dude. I don't yeah. want to torture you with that. Um, I can. I can and I will for the sake of other people's practice and benefit. But um, I want to read the Heart Sutra in that sense and kind of just expound on the notion of emptiness and how that simplistic meaning is all that you need to take from it and kind of give a little. Um, I, I found that a lot of people who actually matter to me um, were more intrigued with my social media interactions where I chanted, a lot of people were actually, um, they liked that. They said they benefited from it. That's how the book came to be uh, in my hands because he said it reminded yeah. him when he used to practice and just hearing the chant, people thought it was beautiful and amazing and all that shit. So. Um, no, that's awesome. And if you want to do something like with the Mokio and you want to have it like higher quality, you can record it, put it on YouTube and play it through here with Shariputra. That would be cool. That would be smart. I, I fucking don't want to use my Mokio. My Mokio is small and annoying, dude. It's, it's like, it hurts. I don't want to do it. <laughs> All, right. All right, bro. I'll see you next week, man. You have a good All right. One. You too, bro.